0: And welcome to the third in our new podcast series, A View From, where we head to the homes of the rest of the UK from the comfort of our sofas and talk to the wealth management community that reside in these areas. Here we'll be talking about the new normal now that everyone is working from home and find out if anyone has taken up or given up on a weird and wonderful new hobby. Last week we were in the northwest in Manchester, but now we're going even more to the north to the wonderful city of Harrogate with Sam Lamb's head of the Harrogate office, Ellie Ingleby. Hiya, Ellie. You're right. Hi, Casey. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good, good. I'm fantastic as well. So I will just begin with the most obvious question: coronavirus. So you have obviously moved up from London. Um, So how has your new region been impacted from coronavirus at the moment?
1: Yeah, I think Yorkshire has seen many similar challenges to the other regions, not only from the emotional impact of the coronavirus, the fear and the reality of losing family members at this really difficult time, but also the wider economic challenges which have arisen alongside that. Yorkshire in particular is a region which relies quite heavily on tourism for much of its income and seeing the hospitality industry being particularly hit hard it has been really challenging however what's been a positive side and maybe somewhat encouraging through this is seeing that really strong sense of community and support which has come out of this people supporting the local independent businesses and seeing them offer back support to communities in return
0: oh that's so lovely it's nice to see the more community side of things isn't it Now everyone's not just, everyone's stuck in their homes and they've got nothing else.
1: (laughs) No, it's been really good. And I know that that's been replicated across the UK, which is a really reassuring thing to be able to see. Mm -hmm. That's good. Have you been
0: down to London at all um, during all this?
1: No, I haven't. Well, my job actually takes me, so I split my time between London and Harrogate. So it's actually been quite unusual for me to be in one place for this length of time. It makes me have slightly itchy feet, actually.
0: (laughs) So how would you say your life is different now? Like what is a typical working from home day for you?
1: Well, one thing I will say is I don't miss my commute. (laughs) (laughs) How long is it? Uh, Well, usually in London, it takes me about an hour, but in Yorkshire, it's around 10 minutes. But I guess moving between the two, it's about, it's actually, it's two and a half hours on a straight train. And actually I did quite like that of kind of getting emails done and just settling that background work, you know, when you can't really be contacted for other reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the moment I'm probably typically at my desk at around 8 a.m. Uh, which is probably the same time I'd aim to be in the office. Uh, my colleagues have changed, obviously, the colleagues that I actually work with. I now have a small West Highland Terrier as my main colleague. Oh um, lovely! <laughs> uh, if she gets bored you'll usually hear it because she'll start barking in the middle of any call that she decides to. <laughs> and she usually ensures that I do take a break so we can go outside and get some fresh air. And so that she can bark at various inanimate objects that she decides are somewhat threatening which includes trees, oddly shaped bushes and a daffodil actually which distracted Mm -hmm. her for quite some time. Um, So it is definitely an adjustment, Uh, there's different levels of conversation which happen (laughs) Um, but it's nice to have that kind of need to step away from the desk because that's something that it is can be quite challenging is actually setting those boundary points because you can always work because it's so easy to just pop, pop into the office I guess so it's nice for to have that balance. You're
0: not going barking mad, are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
1: getting close, I'm getting close. <laughs> what, uh, what's her name? Uh, she's called Millie. She's about eight months old. Um, she's an absolute sweetheart. and I think she's really loved having everyone around to entertain her as much as she is being entertained at the moment. Uh,
0: so how would you say that this situation is impacting your clients? Uh, what are the clients saying about all this? Are any pushing for face-to-face meetings rather than video?
1: No, I think my clients will actually handle this incredibly well. Um, There's a huge amount of trust there and seeing that in action when things have been very confusing, the media certainly hasn't helped with the amount of information they've been pumping out, which might not necessarily be reflective of the state of things. And it's been good to see that the clients do trust us to look after their wealth. And they have been reassured by our performance, you know, despite the volatility. Um, They've been for the most part content with phone calls With the occasional video call, I think sometimes for people who aren't used to doing video calls, it can be quite challenging to actually get that technology to work. Um, So a lot of the time we have not doing phone calls. I've definitely been in touch a lot with them. And I think it's reassuring for them to know that I'm always easily contactable and always available to talk through their portfolios and any thoughts we have around the market. Would you say
0: uh, that Sanlam are involved in any charity work at the moment, or are they making like a difference in
1: their community with the whole COVID-19 thing at the moment? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think part of this is we recognise that in the midst of this uncertainty, our primary and main role is to act as stewards of our clients' wealth and to navigate away through the storm on their behalf. However, we're also aware that many people are finding this new way of living quite challenging so we put something into place where we designed a programme of events to help our clients stay healthy, provide some lighthearted education and also try and have some fun. This has been a real mixture of events. It ranges from a future leaders webinar series which was a series of sessions designed to give our clients children guidance, kind of hints and tips on preparing for a career. Obviously there's a huge amount of uncertainty around that at the moment so we wanted to do our best to help say construct a CV or give interview tips and just help try and give some reassurance there. Um, We've also done self-portrait masterclasses, a social media training class on say how to use TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, you know things that help people stay in touch. Uh, We've also done mobility and exercise classes. So we've had some really amazing feedback on these and it's been lovely to be able to engage with the clients in a different way and ensure that we're providing something above and beyond wealth management. Um, in terms of our charity clients, so we do look after quite a bit of charity money, um, we've been particularly careful to listen to their needs. You know, Each client's completely individual, they're all in very different scenarios, so we've worked really hard to ensure that we're providing further support where we can and that takes on many different forms, whether that's helping them with fundraising ideas or putting them in touch with you know, people that may be able to help them further externally. And it's been really reassuring to be able to listen to them and to be able to provide that extra support.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. Uh, Have you been the face of any of these masterclasses or do you join in on them as well?
1: (laughs) So actually, um, I hosted the social media training with a colleague called Justine Colley. And um, social media is something we both actually really enjoy outside of work. And it was, it was a really lovely thing to do. I learned a lot, definitely. I was quite new to TikTok. Um, <laughs> so that was something really interesting for me. But it was lovely to see the clients you know, engaging in that and saying, oh, this is something my grandchildren are really interested in, you know, or learning how to use Instagram, learning little bits about Facebook. We mainly focused on privacy there. And it was something I think that had been concerning people. Um, so it was, it was a really good opportunity to do something completely different.
0: That sounds amazing. Are any of them going to become viral
1: sensations on TikTok? (laughs) I hope so. Maybe that's going to be my career change. I'll become a TikTok star. (laughs) (laughs) So are there any
0: challenges that you've had to deal with so far?
1: Yeah, I'd say definitely the main challenge for me has been creating a work-life balance in this new way of working. It's very easy for me to get caught up at my desk and find that I'm still sat here at 8 o'clock at night, you know, just working through something or reading something. So I've had to start to be very strict about actually leaving my desk at a certain time. Um, I can, I really enjoy my job. It's something I'm incredibly passionate about. And I think it's been a real learning curve for me of actually setting boundaries in place of, okay, you need to walk away now and, you know, go and do something different so you're ready for the next day. How do you think
0: that our businesses and working lifestyles will change after this?
1: I think we'll definitely see an increase in flexible working. Um, You know, most companies now had to introduce that internal infrastructure to allow it. And I think it's something people will take more advantage of in the future. Um, I can see it being really beneficial to people, but definitely in a point when we're no longer housebound, when it's actually a choice, you know, to work from home, to be able to spend time with your family, children, pets, you know, to be able to find a little bit more balance in our working lives.
0: Do you think that we'll ever go back to inverted commas normal like what do you anticipate the new normal will be
1: I don't know it's so hard to predict at this stage Um, it's a similar question when someone asks me what the markets are going to do I, You know, I'd love to have a crystal ball it probably make my job a hell of a lot easier Um, but all you can do is you know have an informed uh, Opinion on it and I think we will see changes. I don't think things will ever be as they were before Um, I think there will probably be a lot less traveling I think a lot more meetings will take place over video. But I think you'll never really be able to replace that moment of meeting someone face-to-face, you know, especially for clients, to be able to meet the person that's managing your assets. I think it's incredibly important. This relationship is a lot about trust and familiarity and building those relationships. So I think it will very much be that we adapt to what is necessary. And I'm actually really interested to see what that does look like. So which companies or organisations do you think have acted the most
0: admirably during this whole crisis? It could be seen either as an investment opportunity or like maybe a social or governance point of view.
1: Yeah, I think we've seen so many, you know, feel good stories during this time of companies really taking that care to look after their employees, but also, you know, provide for other people as well. Um, but definitely for me, it's been more of an investment focus. Um, you know, we've introduced several new companies to our portfolios during this time um, and also seen some strong performance from existing names. So a company which we already held, which has shown particular notable performance is a company called Digital Realty. Um, Now they're a really interesting company because they're a mixture of almost the brick and mortar of real estate and cloud computing. So they specialize in data centers for digital storage. So, when we talk about the cloud, our data isn't stored somewhere up there. It's actually stored in one of many data centers being built around the world. And with the need for digital storage growing so quickly, these data centers have made a really good investment from a supply and demand perspective. Um, you know, it's a really interesting mixture of these two different worlds. And I really enjoy that. And we've definitely seen good performance from that within the portfolios
0: completely moving away from like an investment opportunity do you think there are any companies or businesses out there that have just completely taken coronavirus and run with it like changed their business model to help their communities as a whole
1: yeah i think some of the supermarkets have been particularly impressive they obviously have been at the center of the storm for quite some time um morrison's in particular obviously a yorkshire-based company i think Everything that they have done within this scenario has just been incredibly impressive. You know, not only looking after their staff, but also, you know, the people that visit their supermarkets as well. I think they've had a really tough time to be able to handle this and to be able to come through that and support their communities as much as they have. That's a company that I do really admire for their, you know, family ethos.
0: So how do you stop from going stir crazy yourself? Like, have you got any tips and tricks on remaining sane? Or is it yoga focused? Or... Um,
1: it's interesting. So something, I actually get quite anxious, um, especially when I'm uncertain. And I guess right now things are quite uncertain. Um, I'd like to try and kind of channel that into something I find it difficult to sit still or to stop. Um, so something I started doing recently, I wanted to try and, Help my friends and family stay safe, and I saw a kind of online guide to how to make your own face masks, you know, out of kind of quadruple layered cotton. So I found a kind of twenty-year-old sewing machine in our attic, uh, learnt to you know rejig it and get it threaded up off YouTube. You can find anything on YouTube, <laughs> and um, I've actually you know spent a whole weekend getting up and running again, and I've actually been making face masks for my friends and family. Um, and oh, it's brilliant. really nice still to be proactively doing something to keep them safe. Oh, do you have any um, cool, what are they called, like designs? Well, yeah, so I had some really nice cotton that I'd bought a while ago, and I don't know why I, I thought I was going to do it, so I'm not knowing how to sew it all. <laughs> but I was planning to make napkins out of it, which I think is what happens when you go over 30, you start getting <laughs> these. <things>. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I had this spare material, and it's quite cheerful, it's floral has fun patterns and you know I made my dad one in kind of dark blue like kind of polka dot and um, it, it was really sweet to see how excited he was about it and you know he, he really appreciated it and it felt really nice to be able to help. How many have you made so far? Um, I've made seven so far the first one was terrible and <laughs> gradually improved so it's definitely it's definitely getting better and I'm getting more practiced at it. And it is quite satisfying to be able to do something with your hands and kind of see something coming together at the end of it.
0: So I was meant to ask, um, how long do the masks take
1: you to make? <laughs> it would probably be embarrassing to admit. <laughs> <laughs> I think the first one probably took me about five hours. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know, I know, it's so bad, but it was just learning because I'd never sewed before. And things like, you know, the obvious thing, like how to hem something and then kind of turning it inside out. Um, And then looking at it now, I was just like, oh, God, I did all of that wrong. (laughs) Um, But now it probably takes me about an hour for each mask. See, there's a definite improvement trend there. Oh, yeah, you've cut your time down (laughs) substantially. Definitely. It's still, as I said, it's not my greatest skill. And I'm very painfully aware of that. But I think it's quite good to do something you're not good at. Um, It's a good reminder.
0: (laughs) Yeah. The next question was gonna be, have you attempted any new activities? But um, I think sewing is up there. <laughs> have you tried anything else?
1: That, well, actually, something in an old activity I picked up, um, and this is something my grandmother actually taught me, was tapestry. Um, it's something she's really passionate about, and my mother also does it. And it's something that I picked up in the past, but I'd struggled to find the time, I guess, to be in one place, to be able to do it. And I really miss my grandmother, um, so it's been really nice to be able to do that and actually we've been video calling each other and it's been lovely because she's doing her tapestry as well it's been lovely to share that
0: Oh that's so nice, do you need like a, a special machine for that or is it quite no, done on a small scale?
1: Yeah, well you can, so you can order the kits online or you can do it yourself um, but there's somewhere I always get my kits from which she gets hers as well um, but what I'm planning to do in the lockdown finishes is I'm making a cushion at the moment with kind of beehives on it and bees And I'm hoping that she'll also put some stitches into it. And it'll be a really nice thing that I can kind of keep forever. A really nice memory.
0: Oh, lovely keepsake, yeah.
1: So what do you think is the
0: funniest thing that's happened to you so far or the best thing to come out of all this?
1: I think definitely the best thing has actually just been spending some time with my family. You know, I'm here, I actually have four brothers, um, but they're all kind of stuck in different parts of the country. But my little brother did manage to make it to Yorkshire. And it's been really lovely actually spending as much time with him as I have, and also with my parents as well. I think it's, you know, we all live such fast-paced lives, you know, moving from one place so quickly. It's been really nice to actually almost forcibly be stuck in one place and to be able to appreciate that time with your family. So I have really enjoyed that, and I've been lucky to have been, I guess, accidentally stuck here. Something that my parents probably haven't enjoyed about it is I came to Yorkshire with three days' worth of clothes. <laughs> and so <laughs> there's been quite a lot of borrowing of um, items of clothing, which, me, you know, my parents are less happy about. <laughs> have you have you ordered more clothes now? Or <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, on the same three? Then I did have to give in and just think, right, I'm actually going to order some new clothes. But what I did try and do is order them from independent businesses just to try and support them during this difficult time. So actually it's been a really nice experience for me of trying to find things differently, you know, not just shopping the way I might normally shop. So that's been a nice experience and my father will be happy to get all of his jumpers back.
0: So the final thing that I'll ask you today, uh, so what are you most looking forward to once we all come out of this?
1: <laughs> well, I'm really looking forward to seeing my friends and family. It's, it's been really tough actually being apart for this long. However... Would it be absolutely terrible for me to say that one of the things I'm most looking forward to is seeing a hairdresser?
0: <laughs> absolutely
1: not. <laughs> have you ever tried to do any home no, attempts? I have quite a lot of hair. It's very curly and it's very long. And um, it's definitely tried my patience. <laughs> um, but not enough for me to trust any of my family to be able to cut it. So it's, um, it's a bit of a standoff at the moment. We'll see where it gets to any wild so. colors. Yeah, maybe this is maybe this is another new skill I'm going to add um to my portfolio of terrible sewing, bad cooking, and, you know, you know, moderate hairdressing. <laughs> well, thank you so
0: much Ellie for joining me in our third episode of City Wires a view from. Be sure to follow us on our journey for our next installment. <laughs>